This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 30th, 2020. Lessons from the Beach, Sand. Well, good morning, Connection Church. It is so good to be with you here this morning, here in-house and out there in, what is it, Cyberland? online, at home. Good to be with you all. This morning we finish our series, uh, Lessons from the Beach. So far we've covered sun and surf and sports and seashells and seagulls. This morning we're going to be talking about sand. Well, good morning. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us here at 4744 Summit Bridge Road and all of you who are joining us from your homes or wherever you're at, we are so glad that you're here. Let's begin with some prayer, if you'd bow your heads, please. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. It's a day that's a gift. Every day is a gift. And now settle us in wherever we're at, whether we're right here in the sanctuary or in our homes or on vacation or in the car or at work, Lord. Settle us in that we might hear your word found in scripture and be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 Before we get started, just want to give a few shout outs to those who are joining us online. We've got Pat from Pennsylvania and Mary and Dave and Lois and Benicia and Chris and uh, Diane, uh, Hannah's grandmother, Carrie Ann from college in Luray, and oh, Cliff and Barb, 25th wedding anniversary today. Yeah, congratulations. And while we're clapping, it's one of my best bud, Diane Laird's birthday today. Happy birthday, Diane. We have Lori. Hey, the Whites are in Littleton, North Carolina. So glad that you're joining us on vacation. And we've got lots and lots of other people here watching. Oh, even Texas is watching. So we're so glad you're here. Okay, so sand today. I just got to be straight up. I'm not a big fan of sand. I just got to say it. It's okay to walk on, okay to put your feet you, in. You have some support. I hear that. I, I, hello. You know, like when I, like we play bocce ball or something, I get on my hands. I'm constantly, I, I just can't. I, Playing in the sand with the kids, you would never find me rolling around, even sitting in it. And the grandkids, it has not changed. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just not a big sand guy. Do I have anybody? Can I get an amen on that from anybody? Okay. Whew, I was afraid I was all alone, Carrie. It's a little ironic that we're leaving today for 10 days Hello. in the sand. There it's are other things. I overlooked what... the sand for the other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For me, though, there is nothing like sitting at the edge of the beach, at the edge where the water comes up, in my chair, with my book. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the sand in between my toes. That's a good thing. It is toes my, is okay. my happy place. If it stays down at the yeah. toes. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. So the word sand, it appears just 29 times in the New International Version of Scripture. Unlike some of the other words we've had here, it's not a real, real frequent thing in Scripture, and yet those limited sand uh, appearances can teach us a lot. 
First time we see sand in the Bible, one of the best known is when Abraham is in conversation with God. Uh, check it out, Genesis 22, 15 through 18, the New International Version. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, say the rest, and okay. as the sand on the seashore. There you go. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And so we have a couple of other occasions in the Bible where God promised Abraham, Abraham to have descendants as numerous as the stars. And in this passage, God reiterates his promise about just how many people, how many generations will come from Abraham. He offers the comparison as many as much as sand on the seashore. Wow. That's, That's a, a lot. lot I mean, you can't even count little grains and little tiny uh, bits of sand. That's a lot of descendants. Now, obviously, this is a hyperbole that God uses. A hyperbole, it's an exaggeration, not meant to be taken literally. But God promised Abraham that, a lot, that there would be a lot of descendants, and God absolutely delivered on this. The three primary religions in the world... Christianity, Judaism, and Muslim, they all hearken back to Abraham. Mm. God delivered. Mm. Most of the uses of the word sand in Scripture are this type of simile that we just looked at, this type of comparison, this hyperbole in nature. In Genesis 41, we read where Joseph stores up huge quantities of grain for Pharaoh, and it tells us it was like the sands of the sea. In Joshua 11, we read where the combined forces of armies surrounding Israel were as numerous as sand on the seashore. In Judges 7, we read where God promises victory to Gideon as he faces a valley full of combined forces, thick as locusts. Their camels could be no more mounted than the sand on the seashore. In 1 Kings, we read where the Lord gave Solomon wisdom and insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Yeah, there you go. And you so go. over and over we have in the Old Testament and the New Testament comparisons to sand on the seashore. All the way until the very last book of the Bible, that last book in the Bible is Revelation. Now in chapter 20 we read of the great final battle where Satan will gather for battle an army like sand on the seashore. Now that's kind of unnerving, but fire will come down from heaven and devour them. It's God's final victory. One of the most well-known uh, references to sand in scripture is kind of different in nature. It's not one of these hyperboles. It's, a, it's found in the book of Matthew first book of the New Testament, a book that tells us about Jesus, who he was, what he said, what he did. Uh, and Jesus here shares a parable with sand in it uh, to close out an extended teaching he had with his disciples and followers that we find in chapters 5, 6, and 7. It's also known as the Sermon on the Mount. We talked about it uh, last Sunday. 
Check out Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this section that's found in the message. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Hmm. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, wow, that's all too real, <laughs> but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Mm, yeah. So Jesus here is wrapping up this extended teaching that he's shared with his followers. And we encourage you, take some time and read Matthew chapters 5, 6, and you may have read it before. Read it again. Read it carefully. So this, this message that Jesus shares is full, this three chapters is full of valuable wisdom, full of kingdom teaching that he's offering to his followers at the time and to us now. And, and, and what he says is, don't just listen to what I've just shared with you. Don't just listen to it. Or in our case, don't just read these words in the Bible and think you've done anything. Don't just talk about what I've shared with you. Don't just talk about it in your Bible study. If you do that, it's like building your house on a sandy seashore. Have you ever seen a house? I don't mean back away. I mean ones that are even past the dune. We've seen that years ago before they kind of restricted the thing. And we've seen where literally there's nothing left after a severe storm, a pipe sticking out where it used to be connected to the house. And, you know, they, they drive those pilings. By, even with those pilings, it's still sand, right? And sand is sand. It's different than rock is the foundation. It's just different. It doesn't stand up. Taking the words of Jesus to heart, incorporating Jesus' teaching into our, life, into our lives, into our day-to-day, -day, into our very souls. I like to imagine like into the cells of my body. It's like building on the rock. That's the firm foundation, solid rock. That's what your life is like when we incorporate Jesus into the aspects of what we do, what we think, what we say, how we make our decisions. When Jesus is at top of mind, not in the back or some kind of fire whistle that we, oh, wait a minute, I'm in trouble. You know, um, circumstances of life really hit us, don't they? We never know when something will come up. Many of you here have experienced really tough circumstances in your lives. Circumstances that could absolutely dev devastate us, that rock us to the core. But when we stand on that firm foundation of the rock, yeah, we are rocked and we're, we're a mess, but we know ultimately that Jesus will carry us through no matter what. God is not only with us, but God is at the very center of our lives. And when we take Jesus' teachings that we find in the word of God and incorporate them, that when 
the storms of life that can be really horrible when they rock us. We don't sink into the quagmire. We might spin a little bit in the darkness, but we know ultimately Jesus Christ will hold us and rescue us at the worst of times. We received an email um, dated August 17th. I'm not going to use any names. I'm just going to make up a name. I'm going to make up the name Jane, okay? And um, this is what, I'm just going to read you a couple sentences. Jane writes, I had just begun attending Connection before the lockdown. So I looked that up. That was actually February 24th, so we had four Sundays left until COVID. My husband accompanied me several times. We continued to worship through the online services. It breaks my heart to tell you that my husband died at the end of July. He suffered a heart attack, and he died in my arms. And then she went on to share a little bit more. I called Jane the next day, and I didn't know her, but Alan knew her, and um, after talking a little bit, I could figure out who she was. And she shared with us that because she had been here for a few times and had been worshiping online, even though the tragedy of an out-of-the-blue death of her beloved, she shared that she was on solid rock and not on sinking sand. And while each day is really, really hard, because she felt like she was in a community of faith that it made all the difference in the world. That's what it means to be connected to Jesus and the new life he offers. And so through my conversation and some conversations with others, Jane's going to take Alpha, Jane's a part of the church, and we praise God that we can be connected with one another. Even in this COVID time, even online, God can do wonderful miracles in our lives, including rescuing us from the hard, hard stuff because he is our foundation. Mm. That's really something, having that kind of peace <clears throat> when you're facing eternity, isn't it? Eternity with Jesus. That idea of eternity is a challenge, I think. When I think about it, if I really think about it, my head starts to explode. When I really just think about uh, you know, God's existence, no beginning, no end, but just looking ahead to eternity. And a few years ago, I had a, a story shared with me that gave me just a, a little better handle on eternity, and I'll share it with you because it's appropriate today because it deals with sand. <laughs> and uh, it's a hyperbole. Uh, huh? It's a hyperbole. Oh, actually, it's not. This is no hyperbole. Oh, That's the okay. whole point of it. It's not hyperbole at all. This is, this is, this is what it is. Um, it also involves a seagull which we talked about last week. So just, just picture this. Um, Rehoboth Beach, right? The seagulls. <laughs> we talked about them. And this seagull every year picks up not a French fry, <laughs> not a slice of pizza off of my plate, that scoundrel, and, and, or not a funnel cake, but every year just picks up one grain of sand from the shore at Rehoboth. And, and it flies that grain of sand. We, we know that those birds can fly. This is a real flight because it flies that grain of sand all the way to the coast of Europe. 
Next year, one more grain of sand to Europe. Every year, a single grain of sand. Probably not the same bird all the time. <laughs> but a seagull takes a single grain of sand one day a year, once a year, until every grain of sand is on, in Rehoboth Beach is gone. And then the bird moves down to Dewey Beach. <laughs> one grain, one grain, one grain. And then moves on down to the tower beaches. And when that bird or those birds have finished and every grain of sand from the east coast of the United States is now deposited on the coast, Atlantic coast of Europe. That's how much of eternity has passed. That's sobering to think about, isn't it? It's really sobering to think once a year a grain of sand, all the grains of sand, and when they get all done, that's all it is in terms of eternity. That's no hyperbole. You're exactly right. That's no exaggeration. That's, that's reality. That's reality. Blink of an eye when it comes to eternity. No exaggeration. Wow. And so we're eternal beings. Even though our bodies will sooner or later will die, our souls live on and on and on. <clears throat> and that's exactly what Jane was expressing through her her time with Jesus and her connection here that she knew that her husband's soul was with Jesus. We live through eternity, and the question is, where will we spend it? Where are you going to live when it comes to forever? That's kind of a squirmy question. Where are you going to live when it comes to forever? Will you be spending eternity with Jesus or spend it alone, eternally separated from God? Now, we're spending it with Jesus, and we know that many of you are too, because you've claimed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that's all it takes. It's not rocket science. We don't have to like do a million good works. We just have to believe in the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, and then our life is lived out as a thank you note for that salvation, that saving grace that comes there's an old church hymn i know that some of you would love for us to sing those old <laughs> hymns and i like them too standing on the promises of christ my king that's a promise he made that we can stand on the solid rock there's another teaching that Jesus shared in the book of John chapter 6 and he was sharing to a crowd who he is. Check mm -hmm. this out. Verse 35 to 40, New International Version. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Many of you have heard that before, right? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me, there's the key. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, 
not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he's given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and what? Believes. Who looks to the Son and doesn't say does a million good works, doesn't say is involved in 22 Bible studies a week, which it's okay, but that's not what it says, does it? Whoever um, looks to the Son and believes in him shall have, have what? Eternal life. And I will raise them up at that last day. Amen. Amen. And then the Apostle Paul writes, he reiterated this, the good news of Jesus in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. You're made right with Jesus. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's why we don't do private baptisms, why we don't do private membership here. The other day we did a baptism in someone's home because of COVID, but we brought representatives of the congregation because it's not a private thing. As it says here, declare with your mouth. You declare not just inward, but outward. You claim Christ. It's crucial. You believe and you claim. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. Jesus died so we might live with him through eternity. Remember that <laughs> with the bird and the, and, and the sand? Through eternity. And, and that's forever. Forever isn't starting with your last breath, my last breath. It's now. My eternity has already begun. Because eternity doesn't start when you die. Eternity starts when you claim Christ. It's now. It's right now. Mine has already been. How about yours? Has your eternity already begun? Eternity is a really long time. Where will you spend it? At home there, where will you spend it? Jesus gave his life so that we can spend it with him. He gave his life so we'll spend it with him. It's a gift. All we can do is receive it. Claim it. We can't do anything to earn it. We can't buy it. We don't have that much money. We can't earn it. We're not that good. <laughs> we ain't that good, any of us. All we can do is accept accept Christ's free gift of salvation. How do we do that? We admit we're a sinner and that we need a Savior and we can't save ourselves. Maybe the day is the day for you to do that. Oh, I said, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I can't save myself. You can do that right here. You can do that right there wherever you are out there in, uh, in Cyberland there. Jesus doesn't care where it happens. He just wants it to happen. He gave his life for it to happen. Inviting him in to our lives for an eternity.
Yeah. That's the beginning of eternity with Christ. Amen? Amen. That's the good news. That is the absolute good news. Let's, uh, let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you. That's all we can say. Because we can't earn it. We sure don't deserve it. We don't have enough money to buy it. And you're just waiting to give it to us. Eternity with you. Lord, my prayer is that each one here today, in-house, across the internet, wherever anyone might be, that today, either for the first time or for the thousandth time, they'd open their heart up to you, Lord. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. You're my Savior. I want that relationship with you, and I want to be with you through eternity. My prayer is that each one here will know that personal relationship with you, Lord. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. All those gathered here and at home said, Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.